Okay, today we're going to talk about the word, the seed. Uh, the title is, All You Need Is In The Seed. <laughs> Little play on words, all you need is in the seed. And you go, well, I, th I thought all I need was Jesus. Well, guess what? If all you need is the seed, and the seed represents the word of God, who is the word? It says in the beginning <laughs> was the word. Was the word, and it was with God, and it was God. <laughs> and that's Jesus. Yeah, so we've never changed our tune here. Uh, all you need is Jesus, yes. But we're going to take it from a little different angle today. Um, all you need is the seed. Uh, we just want to share with you how important it is to understand your seed, where it came from. Uh, it's a royal seed. Um, we come from royalty. Uh, we also, uh, it's priests and, and, and kings after the order of Melchizedek. So... Um, that seed inside of us makes us kings and priests. You go, well, I don't feel like a king or priest. Well, you are. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about that because you're co-heirs with Christ. So that seed is in you. That seed is a part of you. It's your DNA. Um, and I'm going to read this, Jim. The Lord's been really dealing with Jim about the seed, and so I'm going to turn a lot of this over to him, but um, I, I like in Colossians first chapter uh, 28, it talks about um, that we are perfect in Christ. See, that perfect seed is going to bring forth perfection in our bodies, in our souls. I mean, our, the Spirit's already perfect, but uh, it's going to bring about perfection, and it means without shortcomings, and fully efficient. Your completeness in Christ is not a, go a remote goal, but it's your immediate reference. All the, all the huffing and puffing that we've done in the past, Jim, and all the things that uh, we try to do to, because we want to be good people, nothing wrong with any of that. But guess what? It all the perfection already exists within each and every person because Christ in you is your hope of glory. He's there, and and the the question is, is that seed growing? Yeah, and that's that's the revelation um, that the Lord wants us to get. And um, I just said a whole lot when I said that because God's church is built on revelation. Uh, when when Jesus asked Peter, um, who do people say that I am? And, and Peter responded, you know, some think you're Elijah, some think you're John the Baptist, but who do you say I am? In other words, uh, I don't, I'm not looking for the opinions of people, but who do you say? What have you heard other than the opinions of man? And he said, well, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Peter, for flesh and blood, carnal man, carnal mind did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on that rock, I'm going to build my church. And that's what we try and convey this morning over the airwaves. Um, hopefully, 
most of what we say. I'm sure not 100% of what we say because we still know in part. But I believe that what we are saying over these airwaves are things that we have personally experienced. Those are the only things I really like to talk about because a very dear brother who has since gone home to be with the Lord made a statement that the opinions of man are the roots of confusion. And I think sometimes we growing up in Christ, there's nothing wrong with looking for crutches. Uh, There's nothing wrong with listening to teachers of the word and what have you. But if that is your only source, um, then you're going to be in trouble. I mean, I'll just be frank with you because every one of these houses of church, of Christianity, they all have their own version of what the Word of God says. And we know that there's only one truth, and that truth happens to be a person. It's, it's not words written in a book. Jesus is the truth, the person of the truth, okay? So we've got to hear by revelation, by experience, what it is that God is trying to say to us. And, and the only way we're going to hear that is, uh, I have to use maybe a dirty word in, in uh, as far as Christianity is concerned, is meditation. Uh, most of my brothers and sisters, I find, are scared to death when you start talking to them about meditation. Um, but I got news for you. Uh, the scripture, the Lord said, be still and know. I'm not so sure that and you it ever— it also says, meditate on my word. Yeah, 40 times. And, yeah. and again, back to what is the word. It's right. the seed. It's the word. It's Jesus. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the first things that we want to get across to you today is to know God by the Spirit. You know, the Bible says that God is seeking those who will worship him or know him by spirit. Okay, it's wonderful to go to church, raise your hands, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there's got to be that quiet time. Uh, and I know with me it started, the flesh will really rear up against you when you try and sit down and get quiet to hear the still, small voice of the Lord. Um, but I believe it's, it's mandatory. And the reason why we're stressing it so much now is because I believe, and Rich believes, that we're heading into a time uh, a, a time of great shaking. And I believe that uh, if I'm hearing the Lord, the Lord is saying to me, I'm trying to increase the faith in my people because the days ahead are going to be like shifting sand. And the only way they're going to be able to survive them is to be led by my hand. So we're encouraging you if you've never had a, a real intimate relationship with Lord, if, if all your relationship has come through just listening to preaching and going to Sunday school on Sunday, uh, that's all fine, but that's not even the tip of the iceberg, brothers and sisters. It's not even the tip of the iceberg. You know, when you look at an iceberg, you can see 10% of it on the surface, but the other 90% is below the water, And so if you're getting 10% in your Sunday school teachings and in your preaching, that's fine. But the bulk of what you need to get is under the water. Are you saying go deeper? Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good way of putting it. Go Go deeper, deeper. right? Amen. Amen. Well, here's the thing. What we're trying to say today is just trying to awaken folks into believing that the seed does reside in you. You, you know, because a seed um, is of its own kind. You can't bury a, a, an apple seed and get a peach tree. You, you can't take a seed and expect something else. 
you know, I, I saw a program yesterday where this guy planted one pumpkin seed and got a 1,200-pound pumpkin. <laughs> and, and metaphorically speaking, that's what we're saying here. We need to, we need to take the seed that the Lord has planted it deeply in us, and we want to see it grow. And water it, right. You know, and get big right. and huge. And, and comes what comes along with that? Your faith is increased. What comes along with that is you trust in him more. You, you, the things of this world don't bother you like they used to bother you because as your faith grows, as that seed grows, you're able to handle things much better where you, you something comes your way and, it, and you, you take a breath and you go, okay, I can get negative about this or I can get positive about this. And you know the seed that's in you is nothing but positive. I mean, when Jesus said, "When you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Guess what? Did you? The only time Jesus got a little miffed at people were the religious people. He was always loving, compassionate, kind, um, and so that's the kind of seed that is in you. Uh, you look at the fruit of the spirit that. That fruit comes from that original seed. Yeah, what we're talking about is just like anything else, if you want to get in the natural. And, of course, the natural always explains some of the things that are going on in the realm of the Spirit. Uh, but when that seed is deposited uh, into the woman, uh, and in this case spiritually, the seed, the Word of God is deposited into our soul, and that's where the marriage takes place. And when it is deposited, it starts growing. Um, and again, the natural is the type of the spiritual. Um, and what we're talking about in the seed is the life of Christ. And as that seed breaks forth, as that, as that seed gets married, the spirit gets married to our soul, that seed breaks forth. And um, all of a sudden, the life of Christ starts coming forth in us. The mind of Christ starts coming forth in us. The wisdom, the joy, the peace, everything is in that seed as it comes forth. You know, you can take an acorn and put it in your hand and take a look at it. And can you see, and this is what Rich and I are trying to convey to you here this morning. There is a seed in you, and it's like the acorn. And if you look at an acorn, do you have faith enough to look at that acorn and say, this acorn, if I plant it, it's going to grow into a 100-foot-tall tree, and it's going to come out with all kind of branches and et cetera, et cetera. That acorn does not look like all that life and that power consist in that seed. But that's exactly what is consisting in you. It's called the new creation in Christ. This seed is making us into a new creation, a race of new creation people. It's not black. It's not white. It's not straight. It's not gay. It's not male. It's not female. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's the reason why we're kind of stressing this thing about the seed, but we also want to major the fact that the seed really is what bears life. It brings life to you, and it totally renews your mind, and frankly, 
In Corinthians, Paul said, if that same spirit, if that seed dwells in you, it will even quicken your mortal body. Hmm. Not necessarily your immortal body. We know our immortal body's quickened, and, and when we, if we have to go by way of the grave, or and when we, if we pass away, we know we have immortality through Jesus Christ. But don't you want to experience on this side of heaven, instead of waiting to die? You know, death, Jesus said, is the last enemy to be conquered. So death is really an enemy because he came that you might have life, and that life has already been embedded in your soul. And if enough of that life springs forth, it's going to be very difficult to bring death on you. Well, you know, didn't Paul say we were crucified with Christ? Mm -hmm. We died. We've already died once. That's right. We don't need to die again. Now, some people say, well, you know, why are people dying? Well, that's another topic. But the bottom line of this is we were crucified with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. And now we choose to ascend with Christ. And that is that is something that's not preached a lot, this ascension thing. Man, This this is where... It gets exciting. This is where it gets fun. This is where the relationship becomes like Jim and I talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Am I there yet? Absolutely not. Do I hear from the Lord? Absolutely. So it's a growth thing. It's back to that seed. Once that seed's planted, it's watered, fertilized, whatever you want to call it, it then a shoot comes up. Mm-hmm. And that shoot is the beginning of that hundred foot that oak tree that Jim was talking about. Right. Again, metaphorically speaking. Right, right, amen. And how do you water <coughs> it? You water it by the water of the word. Right. And um, and uh, what we're talking about again is the revelatory word of God, the Rama word of God. You know, I know lots of folks that can quote scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, but when you look for the fruit of the Christ life inside of them, um, sometimes there just really isn't much fruit. The only point that I'm trying to make here is I love the scriptures. The Bible, I know Rich does too. We're in them daily. Amen. Uh, but all, the reason why we're in them is so we can draw the life the rhema word off of those pages. I think the most important thing about the Bible, at least this is what the Lord told me, is um, when an individual picks up a Bible and opens it up, basically what they're saying in their heart is, Lord, I want to know you. Yes. And that's really all that God is asking for. He, he's not putting a bunch of heavy burdens on us. He, he, you know, he came and died to deliver us from those burdens. If you want to put burdens on us, well, just let us continue to walk in our old life because the old life's going to the old life's going to kill you. <laughs> you know, it almost killed me mm-hmm. till I was thirty three, and then Jesus literally appeared to me in a hotel room up in Dayton, Ohio, and it literally changed my mind, my my heart, basically. You know, your heart's got to be changed before your mind gets changed. Uh, but God, He really changed uh, my heart that night, and uh, His seed has been growing in me ever since. Amen. <clears throat> Well, can we get a little deep here for just a second? You all mind if we get a little deeper here? Deep calleth unto deep. There you go. Okay, so this is a this is a spiritual take on the seed. 
It's the creative idea inherent in the word. Say that again. It is the creative idea inherent in the word. See, you have to have an idea before anything can get done. God had an idea that he was going to create heaven and earth. And guess what? Let there be light began it all. Right. And um, so the creative idea inherent in the word, its nature is inherited. Boy, we have a great inheritance, don't we? That's His, the treasure in our earthen vessel. It is. Its nature is inherited from its parent source. You know, you say to someone, hey, man, you look just like your dad, or you look just like your mom, or whatever. There's the parent source. Guess who our true parent source is? It's God. It's not mom and dad. It's God. That's our source. The seed, that is, the Word of God, like we said earlier, is the real man, not the external thinking personality that has consciousness of separation. Separation. Is the real man, not the eternal thinking personality, that has consciousness of separation, but the internal spirit center. Like we've been saying forever, that God dwells in you. Christ is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what James talked about, double-mindedness. You know, you, you think this is your identity, but you're missing maybe on your true identity, which is your real identity, which in this context says the real man. You're a son of God. Right. Yeah. Co-heirs yeah. with Christ. That's what the book says. <laughs> That's what the book says. Yeah, and to back up what you're saying there, Rich, just say, yeah, I'm not going to read this whole poem. Go ahead. Uh, but well, but just the first part of this poem uh, goes like this, and it was a spirit of wisdom, I believe, that was was speaking to my heart, because it's it's the Lord Jesus speaking in his in the first person of Himself, and it goes like this: I was a babe lying in a manger. To the world, I was a complete stranger. But then I grew in wisdom and knowledge, not from man's intellectual college, for the Father's seed was in me. And this seed in me did not come from man, but it came from my Father's eternal hand. Mm-hmm. And you can say the same thing about yourself. The seed that is inside of you has come from your Father. It's his eternal hand. The seed that has been planted in us, which is Christ the Lord, the seed that is planted in us is an eternal seed. And in that seed is immortality and a whole bunch of other good stuff. Yes. We're not like an earthly seed where eventually the apple tree dies and the oak tree dies and so on and so forth. But this seed, the increase of its government in us, there is no end. There is no end. You know, in Jesus, there is no end. And the seed that is in us is going to continue to create and create until we come to the place where we can sit at the right hand of power, which is what the Bible says. You're seated with me in heavenly places, okay? So, you know, get off the idea that you're going to go on a little white cloud with a harp somewhere. If that's the case, I think I'd rather stay here. (laughs) I find this life more exciting than that. 
But, but God has got rulership and reigning in mind for us. Praise God. That's exciting, man. What a future to look forward to with that DNA of the Father inside of us. And it is his DNA. And he said that we will be sitting with him there at his throne because we're co-heirs. <laughs> we're daddy's boy. That's right. Daddy's girl. That's right. But when we were, we've been talking about trees, remember the blind man? This Lord just brought this to my mind. Uh, the blind man that Jesus healed and he couldn't see really well in the beginning. He says, Jesus says, what do you see? And he says, I see men as trees. Boy, he was he was given the uh, the metaphor right there that look at how it started. You can't have a tree without a seed, mm-hmm. and Jesus allowed him to see in the spirit realm um, men as trees, and he's saying, "Grow, tree, grow." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about it in the Psalms too. He says you should be like trees planted by living, living water. water. Yeah, so he uses the analogy of the tree quite often. Yeah, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable seed. So basically, the only thing stopping us from realizing our potential. Is ourself. That's right. That's our, it. Our lower self. Our yeah. lower self. That's right. I mean, and and how does that come? That comes through attitude, the wrong attitude. If if we want to stunt the growth of any we'll plant or tree, just don't water it, don't care for it. Some people talk to their plants. That's that's okay. I, I've never talked to my plants, but they claim that when you talk to them and hey i can believe that that. maybe they thrive more i i don't know if you're Um, talking to them in love yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i mean this goes beyond just the natural you know so but yeah imperishable incorruptible seed is in you it's perfect like we said earlier that seed is perfect there's no other perfect seed out there but the seed of christ the word of god Jesus, he has been planted and sowed into your soil. And we may talk about the parable of the sower down the road, but but that seed has already been implanted into you. You wouldn't be listening to us right now if you didn't believe that. Yeah, and you know the beauty part about that, too, is I'm sitting here, the Lord speaking to me. He says, when I look at you, that's what I see. I don't see your evil twin. <laughs> I call him I call him my evil twin. Every once in a while he rears his ugly head and he gives me some fleshly thoughts and so on and so forth and I just tell him to shut up, he's dead. He just doesn't know he's dead yet. But he's dying as the mind of Christ continues to accelerate inside of me, the old man continues to die off. And the beauty part about this, too, is, you know, this may sound like, boy, this must be difficult, you know, to really get that mind of Christ, get our mind renewed. But let me say this to you. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, or if anyone has this new creation seed inside of him, the old man has passed away. Behold, the new creation has come. Now listen to this. 
And all this is from God. Mm-hmm. Man, do I love that verse. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God. It's called God's grace. And we're in an our brother and sister right now where God is pouring out an abundance of grace on his church because the Lord knows that he is getting ready to come back to this earth. He's going to answer Jesus's prayer. I know that there's a lot of folks out there that say the whole world's going to get blown up, and some of them think that they're going to go up into the clouds and whatever. Uh, But Jesus prayed, Father, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, we know the will of God in heaven is peace, love, joy. Everything's perfection. And Jesus said, I want your will to be done in earth. And if he prayed it, he only said what he always heard the Father say. It was the Father praying through him. My will is going to come to earth. Now, how does his will come to earth? And I'll shut up. It's going to come through you. That's where it's going to come through. Because the new creation man is the only man in this earth that can hear the voice of God. And that is the will of God, the voice of God. Well, the Bible says in uh, 819, the whole world is on yeah. tiptoe. They're yeah. yearning. Groaning. They gr- they're groaning. They yeah. can't wait yes. until God reveals the sons and daughters of God. These mature ones. Yes. Right, right. And th- the revelation of these folks is going to change the world. Yes. You know, you Amen. see, look at it, and you see all this gloom and doom and all this misery and all this stuff. <sighs> When the sons of God are revealed, I don't know what the number is. Only God knows. But you put a whole bunch of people out there that are emptying um, cancer wards in the hospital uh, due to their shadow, just like um, Like John and Peter. People got healed by their shadow. I'm telling you, if God did it once, he's going to do it again. Well, I think that's the reason why he demonstrated it in this show. You know, they Jesus, were the foretaste of right, what was to come. Right. Jesus was the prototype. I mean, most people don't realize that Jesus came to reveal the very nature and the personality of who we are. When you see me, he said, you see the Father, but he said, but when you see me, you also see yourself. As I am, so, so are, are you. you in this world. Amen. And that's another thing, too. The Lord's calling us up in this hour. I'll turn it back over to you here, Rich. But the Lord's calling us back back in this hour to come up here, mm-hmm. to come up here in that's our understanding. He, he wants us to bring his kingdom to earth. So that's our responsibility right now is to bring the heavenly realm to earth. Peace, love, and joy to everybody. Isn't that what the angel said at Christmas time that we celebrate? Goodwill toward men, the angel said. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Why is it that every time we hear so much preaching out there, it's ill will toward men? You know, we're all going to go to hell, and if you don't clean up your act and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that's not going to win the world to Christ. No. It's the love of God that leads a man to repentance. It's his goodness that brings repentance, yes, not it is. fear and not no. control and not all the things that have been used no. over the last two millenniums. And a lot of religion, that's exactly how it controls the people of God through fear. Well, we're living in exciting times. I, I mean, we just want you to catch hold of this yeah. because it's yeah. exciting. It yeah. really, truly is. And if there's ever a time in your lifetime— in my lifetime, that we should draw closer to the Lord. It's right now. Amen. That That is as friendly of a warning as I can give you because 
whatever happens in the future, if you and the Lord are one, it's going to be a lot better than if you're not. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Okay, so the topic today is all you need is in the seed. And the first half hour we were talking about uh, the seed is the Word of God. It says in Luke 8, 11, the seed is the Word of God. And guess what? The Word of God, the Word that became flesh, is Jesus. So we've said it forever. It's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Everything we talk about, it all goes back to Jesus because where would we be without him? We'd be in big, big trouble, wouldn't we? So, so we're going to talk a little more about the seed. And um, I'm going to start with this, Jim. It says, uh, the illustration of the mustard seed is used to show the capacity of the apparently small thought. A mustard seed is small. I mean, my mom had a little necklace, and there was a mustard seed in there. And you could barely see it. It goes on to say, um, small thought of truth to develop in consciousness. Now this is the growth part. Until it becomes the abiding place for a higher range of thoughts. That's good. And that's That's what we're doing right now. And this is the the mustard seed. Um, Jesus said another parable. uh, He put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain, a grain, think about this, that's how tiny it was, a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field. And we know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is it grows to be this big, gigantic tree that the birds can can go in and out of and be safe. And, and uh, again, back to this whole seed thing being Jesus, he, he is our protector. He is, takes care of, he's our healer. He's, he's everything. And so we need to look to this seed as where our trust lies. He is, he's the most important thing in our lives. Yeah. Uh, as I'm sitting here, you're talking about how the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in the seed kingdom. Um, I think of myself and, and you, Rich. Um, we're awful small seeds, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? But he picks the small things to make them great and to make them and to enlarge them, yes. okay? He doesn't want to take things that's already perfect and mature. Mm-hmm. No, he, he takes things that need rehabilitation, if you will, and to create something very special out of them. I remember a year ago uh, that the Lord gave me a poem about the mustard seed, and I have it here. I'll read it to you. And it says, Faith was the mustard seed Mm -hmm. that Jesus gave to me. It then started growing into a lovely, majestic tree, a tree of life with precious fruit, because it was only supplied by the Father's root. For in this way, nothing could pollute. If you will earnestly eat from the fruit of this tree— you will grow up to be the exact image and likeness of me. God put two trees in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is my, the evil twin that you have, your carnal mind, 
And then he put the tree of life. God uses trees a lot, doesn't he, Rich? He sure does. And he used the tree of life. And God wants us eating from the tree of life, not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And be aware of the fact that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it is good. It's got some good branches, but it also has evil branches. Even the good on that tree is not God, but the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ inside of you. That is the tree of life, and that will bring forth nothing but good fruit, and it will increase and expand. And, you know, we've talked about the garden, Jim, and we did a few podcasts on the garden. And the garden is where the heavens and the earth overlap. There's an area there when when Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord and talking with the Lord in the cool of the evening, they were in the garden. That's where you are on the earth, but you're up, like Jesus said, come up here, you're up in heavenly places with him. So that's the garden. And when it comes to the garden, there's no better place to be. Because when you're when you're that close to the Lord, you things just don't bother you the way they normally do. Things just don't have the impact. The earthly things, the worldly things, just don't have the impact. And that's that's growth. That's maturity. Yeah, I've got that one poem that I've read some time back, Rich. But since you touched on the garden, and I think that's critical. Uh, because in the garden is where all the wonderful seeds of God are planted, and that's where we're growing in the garden. So we've got to understand what the garden is, and we've got to go to the garden, and eventually, hopefully, we will stay in the garden and never leave the garden. And I don't mean that by dying and going to heaven. I mean you can walk in heavenly places right now, okay? Uh, And the poem that the Lord gave to me goes like this. There is a place inside of you, and it's called the garden of God. It is a place in which we meet to speak face-to-face with God. When the Lord talks about speaking face-to-face, he really means spirit-to-spirit with God. Mm -hmm. It is a place in which we know the angels fear to trod. It is a place in which we go to walk with our holy God. It is a place in which demons have always feared to go because they're from another dimension in the realms from down below. (laughs) A lot of them are in the earth realm, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. There is a place in which we find the—this is a place in which we find the wonders of his love, and it is a place in which we experience his nature like a dove. For now he is saying, come into my garden of love so you can soar with me into my heavens above. So follow me, my precious child, into my garden of love, for all of creation is longing to see the loving Christ's nature now being formed in thee. And that's where your nature gets formed as you fellowship with him in the garden. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's, talk, let's kind of, um, we'll come back to this, but I, I, I didn't want the time to slip away before we start talking about what kind of seed are you throwing out there? Because we know the parable of the sower, sower, he explains the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. So we are planting seeds wherever we go, you know, and we don't want to plant tares. We want to plant good seed that's going to bring a 30, 60, 100 fold harvest uh, 
You're talking about words now, aren't you? Because a lot much. of times when it, when you talk about the weeds, a lot of people think in terms of men and women that no, get pulled no, up no. and burned in the fire. No. But what Rich is talking about there is the, the thoughts that come from the Christ mind. They will burn up the tears that are inside of us, the, the thoughts that we shouldn't be thinking to renew our mind. Yeah, we, we can sow tears in us. Yes, yeah. We can sow good seed in us. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say, uh, maybe not doing a great job of it, is let's grow, let's let's throw the good seed out. You know, I, I, I had a lady from um, a while back that uh, prophesied over me about how um, God has used me to, to throw out seed. It, she even gave me a little, I guess it was Johnny Appleseed, little statuette of a man with a knapsack throwing out seed. Um you know, my prayer for myself and for you too is that we're only throwing out the good seed, the seed that's going to bring the harvest. The Lord says the, the, the harvest is white, but the workers are few. And if there's anything I can possibly do here on this earth, it would be to hopefully help to bring about new and more workers because that's what is basically uh, God's going to use to go out and save the world. Yeah, why well, doesn't he even say that, uh, that you are saviors? Yes. In the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, ye are gods. That was the issue that uh, a lot of the, the organized Pharisees had in that day. But that's in the Old Testament, uh, yeah, Jim. Yeah, it's under the law. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, which which yeah. even makes it more truthful because when when Jesus said, "When you see me as I am, you will be like me." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because it's that seed. Yeah, it was the Father's seed in Him, and He was the prototype, like we said before. And it's the same seed that that Father has planted in us, and that seed is Christ. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's just that Jesus became the Word made flesh. And we could see what the Word was like. We could see the fruit of his tree, which was peace, love, and joy. And that is our God. That truly is the God, our Father, that we serve. Jesus was the true and only visible form of the invisible God. Sometimes I think that we get the wrong impression of God being a wrathful this and wants to destroy and blah, blah, blah. But Jesus said, I am the only visible manifestation of the invisible God. And I didn't see Jesus destroying anybody. He always spoke Mm -mm. words of life and love and encouragement. Nope. Well, I believe there's two words, and they both start with A, Jim, that are so critical to the times we're living in right now. And the first one is awake. Mm -hmm. Awake to become aware we need to become aware of where where we are right now and what our role is in this time that we're in right now. Because I, I do believe that whatever you have been called to do, that it's time to awaken to that calling and become aware of what God wants you to do and go and do it. I, I can tell you this. Um, my wife... Um, we were just kind of talking and talking about something about uh, what can we do 
God's blessed us, and what can we do to help others, you know, without just throwing money at it? And I came up with this thing, um, the Caring Center, which is over in the Eastgate area. And what they do is they counsel and they provide um, baby clothes, diapers, baby wipes, and clothing to the mother of of unwed mothers, or even wed mothers that they're having a hard time. Now, Julie, since we just talked about this, she she had an unction from the Lord. She went out. Now she's going to start counseling one day a week. And we've already given, we filled up the back of her SUV and and just gave a whole bunch of stuff to them because that's what we feel God wanted us to do. But we prayed about it, and then we made the decision, this is what we... And you can do the same thing. There's somewhere out there that you can make a difference in people's lives. And, and maybe it's not between the four, or, you know, in, within the four walls of the church. Maybe it's somewhere outside of the church. Because truly, I, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in the four, you know, within the four walls of the church. He was out talking to people. So it was Paul, the ministry. Healing people. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were talking before uh, about now's the time. You had a little bit of an urgency in your voice. And there was a verse that the Lord gave me this morning out of Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. And it says, of course, we're talking about sowing and reaping the seed and whatever. And Hosea, uh, I felt like this is a timely word here, Rich. It says, the verse says, sow for yourself righteousness. Mm-hmm. Sow for yourself righteousness and steadfast love. And break up your fallow ground, mm-hmm. for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And Hosea was basically warning the people, you know, seek righteousness, seek the face of God, and seek love, which is God. God is love. And Hosea was saying, break up the fallow ground. Now, I I can't give you a definition of the fallow ground, but I think I probably know what it is. I think the listening audience knows what it is, too. You're intelligent enough to know that. Break up your fallow ground, for it is now time to seek the Lord. How do you break up the fallow ground? Hosea said, you seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. The fallow ground is probably dry, crusty ground, okay? Mm -hmm. And Hosea was saying, seek the Lord, and he will come and rain righteousness down upon you. I spoke a message years ago about uh, the Chaldeans, and I don't have it all memorized, but I know the word Chaldean is clodbusters, breaking up that fallow ground. And so... I hate to say this, but it's true. Sometimes, sometimes it takes something not too good to wake us up to the point where we then start seeing God clearer. You mean he gets our attention? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so he brings in the clodbusters to bust up that fallow ground so then the seed can be taken mm-hmm. by the earth mm-hmm. in us. And, grow and then can be, it can grow into a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold. And while I say that, Jim, it just comes to mind, you know, 30-fold is good. There's nothing wrong with a 30-fold harvest. 60-fold, that's good, too. That's better. That's it double. Is. It is. 
But if he's allowed us to have a hundredfold harvest, which is best, why wouldn't we want the the hundredfold? Yeah. Why would we settle with the thirty? Why would we settle with the sixty? Mm-hmm. It's all good, mm-hmm. but I want the hundred, and I pray that you want the hundred too. Well, I think that's what Paul meant, Rich, when he said that you know he was he was pressing on to the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. And like you said before, Paul said, I'm not saying I've already attained that hundredfold court, but I'm pressing on. And I think that that's all God really asks of us is to press on mm-hmm. to receive all that God has for his children. Uh, you know, the thirtyfold court basically are the people that got saved and they're good church attenders. And the 60-fold court are the people that have moved into another dimension of the realm of the Spirit. They're still walking in a good bit of the natural light, but they're also walking in a greater degree of spiritual light. Mm-hmm. They've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. But when you move into the 100-fold realm, which is beyond the veil, then you are walking in the glory of God. But where does it start? It starts with 61-fold. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. You don't go from 60 to 100, just like you don't go from 30 to 60. Right. No, you don't. And it's, um, but God has given us all the tools that we need. The treasure is in our earthen vessel already, and the tools that he's given us to unearth that treasure so we can see it and receive of it is there's three shovels he's given us. Ask, seek, and knock. And if you will use those three shovels, you can be a hundredfolder, okay? <laughs> so get digging, brother <laughs> and sister. Well, it's interesting because I think I read somewhere someone told me that, I don't know if it was in the pyramids in Egypt or what, but apparently um, archaeologists found seeds. Yeah, it was in the pyramids. Was it in yeah. the pyramids? Yeah where they claim that there's an, a special energy there of God that, um, anyway, we won't go there. Um, so they have seeds. 4,000 years old, the seed was, they yeah, said. Yeah, 4,000 years wheat, old. Yeah. And that seed contained every single thing. What Let's say it was an oak tree, okay? I don't know. They don't have oak trees in Egypt, but anyway, let's say it was a tree. Everything in that seed was in there to produce a big tree, whether it be a mustard tree, whatever. So what's interesting is that seed sitting on that shelf in that tomb is never going to grow. It'll just sit there and continue to sit there. And, And you may find yourself where you're kind of bored with whatever and you, you just kind of, with religion. <laughs> yeah, just kind of floating around and, and with no purpose. Well, guess what? That You're that seed. And I don't mean to get mean or anything, but I'm just trying to challenge you and put a charge out there that don't be that seed. Mm-hmm. Get that seed off the shelf. Let the Lord plant that seed deep inside of your heart and start watching the growth. It, it, it's just going to amaze you how much you grow when you make that concerted effort to allow the Lord to put it into the fertile ground, to water it, and to nurture it to, to maturity. Yeah, you know, Rich, the interesting thing, I think I've heard that story too. It was either a sphinx or a pyramid. Something, yeah. But the the interesting part about it was they took those seeds that were over 4,000 years old and planted them, and there was still life. 
in them. The 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 seed still grew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all the seed that's in you right now, brother and sister, irregardless of how long you've been walking with the Lord, if you feel like... You're, you know, if, you, if you're at the place where you get up in the morning, you go to church because you have to, and it becomes a work for you, um, there's something not right about that. I mean, I, I've been there, you know, where you just get up and you get to the point where you just kind of get tired of hearing this and hearing that. And, uh, but at some point, you know, you have to get alone with the Lord. I love the church. I love the church people. I love the pastors. Don't misunderstand me. They do a wonderful job, and they're good-hearted people, and they're given of themselves, and I appreciate that very much. But you're only going to grow as far as the pastor. Do you hear me? You're only going to grow as far as your Bible school teacher. God wants you to grow beyond that. He wants you to go beyond that because there is no end in God. The increase of his government in you, there is no end. It will increase and increase. I'm gonna, can I, may I read a poem right mm-hmm. now? There's a poem that I want to read to you. It's about the seed of God, uh, and it goes right along with what Rich and I have been bringing forth here. It says, I am the seed of God, and I am is capitalized in, in big, black, dark letters. He is the great I am. Yeah, he is the great I am. I am the seed of God. I am planted deep within your sod, and I grow and grow and grow. Through the day and through the night, I work all things by my might, for I am the seed of God. There will be times of darkness, for you can only receive so much of my light. But I am working through that darkness, giving you my strength, my power, and my might. So be encouraged. And that word in is not E-N-C, it's I-N. So be encouraged. By this warfare that you see, for I am casting out the old memories of the image of the old man in thee. So focus not on the darkness that you see, for it's trying to rob you of your true image in me. So purpose in your mind to reckon yourself dead, and that's your self-life, S-E-L-F, like Paul says, no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And Jesus in this poem is saying, so purpose in your mind to reckon yourself dead, and understand the greater glory of my kingdom is just ahead. Yeah. Again, we're we're just trying to encourage you. And I like that I encourage instead of E encourage to encourage you to to get more. I, I don't care where you are in your walk, there's more. There's so much more. I don't care if you've been in the Lord. 35, 40, 50 years, um, like um, many people have, there's still more. There's never, you will never get to the point where you say, I've got it all. Oh, even when we get on the other side, never, you won't. There's never. No, there's no end to God. There's no beginning and no end. He's anymore. infinite. Yeah, he is. It, yeah, if you don't mind, Jim, I'm going to read this poem that you wrote. Um, sure. Because I think it's, we want to encourage you. We want to lift you up, and we want you to realize that there's more and that God wants you to draw closer to him. And he promises that he will draw closer to you if you draw closer to him. But this is choose you this day. you got to make a choice. Life is all about choices. Like I said earlier, something comes your way that you're not happy about, you can you make a choice right then and there. And that's why I say take a deep breath, 
because if you don't, nine times out of ten, you're going to choose to get upset. You're going to choose to get angry. You're going to choose to blame. You're going to choose a lot of things that you shouldn't go there. If you take the deep breath, you're going to hopefully choose the positive side because you can see the positive in almost everything. So anyway, it says, choose you this day. So make the right choices. It says, here's how the poem goes. It says, it's wonderful to know and great to see the day of the Lord. You know, I I believe we're in the day of the Lord. A day is not 24 hours. A day is a, a place, basically, that you're in to be able to see what the Lord's doing. Brighter illumination. Yes. Amen. Now the dawning in thee. For the time has come to see the sun. S-O-N. And the time has come to unite as one. It's good. For I see a new tomorrow whose day is already come. Mm -hmm. Amen. I see a new tomorrow whose day is already sprung. I see the new beginning of which there is no end. I see a new beginning that going to start the trend. You know, a new beginning can be today. Your whole life should be a series of new beginnings, new revelations, you know, new things that pop up that you go, oh, I just never saw it that way before. So now there are two ways or trends that my people can go. The way of the world, which will bring them down below, or the way of my spirit, which will lead you to know, to know the things which are coming and the way that you should go. For the days which are here will be like shifting sand, and the only way to survive them is to be led by my hand. So covet to have the best of my ways, and know you will obtain this through prayer and through praise. For prayer will lead you in my way, and praise will support you as you face the day. For truly I will be with you throughout all of the way. That word covet means to learn to possess, to seek for earnestly. So it says, so covet to have the best of my ways. It takes something on your part, folks. It takes something on your part to enter into this wonderful, wonderful kingdom that he's given to you. And we know that kingdom is within it's not without out there. You know, they were looking when Jesus walked the earth, they were looking for him to change everything out there. He does an inside work. But it's going to come out. He, go ahead, Jim. He does an inside work, but it doesn't stay inside. No. <laughs> it's going to come out. And, you know, uh, for the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, where's that glory coming from? That glory's coming out of you and out of me. But Amen. that's him. You know, Isaiah prophesied that, yes, the days would be dark and the gro- and gross darkness would be in the people, but you are to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord, 
The presence of God has risen upon you, and that's the hour we're in. And we want to focus on the glory of the Lord that's yes. rising inside of us instead of the darkness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any parting thoughts? Nope. Okay, we're going to end this Merry thing. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, folks. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and um, we'll be back next week. God bless.